independent film screenings, as well as live events. Every Friday night, there are featured midnight cult classics on the big screen, and no one can beat the Rio for their cheap date Tuesdays. This May, movies are back at the Rio. Fridays at 11 p.m., there's no better place to be than at the Rio Theater for classics such as Battle Royale, Purple Rain, The Dark Crystal, and Jackie Brown. As always, ticket prices are reduced for midnight movies if you arrive in costume, so dress to impress. Special events this month at the Rio include May 16th, open mic night at the Rio with East Fans Got Talent, starting at 8 p.m. Alan Doyle performing live Wednesday, May 23rd, also at 8 p.m. May 30th, get your nerd on with the live Dungeons & Dragons comedy experience. Join Vancouver's best comedic performers the last Wednesday of every month as they quest for glory and snacks in this live, improvised spectacular. Did we mention that movies are back at the Rio? For more information on all this and more, check out theriotheater.ca. You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams with hosts Brenda and Jordy on CITR 101.9, exploring local music and local food. Tune in to learn about the best eats and tunes from your neighborhood and a weekly pairing for your date calendar. Warning, the endorsements and criticism expressed during the show are the opinions of the hosts, unless clearly identified as advertising. Put in your earbuds and fire up your taste buds. It's peanut butter and jams. Hello. Hello. This is peanut butter and jams on CITR 101.9 FM. Thank you so much for listening. I'm in the studio here with guest Jessica Chow. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for coming. My I pleasure. was uh, panicking a little because Jordy had an optometrist appointment, <laughs> which he so poorly scheduled for during our Radio show. But since I'm going to be on vacation the next couple of weeks, then I think it's only only right that I have to cover and do the show my, myself. But I didn't want to do the show by myself. So thank you, Jessica, for coming in. My pleasure. So uh, we're going to cover a bunch of things today in our show. Uh, first of all, we have a sponsor. Oh, sponsor. A sponsor. And the sponsor is Eat Vancouver Food and Cooking Festival, which is located at BC Place Stadium from June 1st to 3rd over the weekend. And it's a fair where you can buy and shop and try new products and taste new things. And there's uh, speakers and entertainment and all sorts of things. And also some guest celebrity chefs, I believe. Yes, there are. I know a few years back... I think Tojo did something there, and there was also Chef Emeril, but uh, I don't. I'm not too sure who's who's out this year. I can tell you. Oh well, who is it? Well, there is uh, Bob Bloomer. Oh, I, I like Bob Bloomer. Uh, he's the host of World's Weirdest Restaurants and Glutton for Punishment. Oh, he also he also used to be that uh, that one man on um, on Food Network who wears pajamas and goes around in a uh, toaster truck. It looks like a toaster oven. Really? Yeah. Does he pop out of the toaster? Uh, he usually makes food inside the toaster oven, but I mean, he's literally inside a toaster oven, and he's always has his pajamas on. It's it's really weird. But this is early work. He's much older now, and he's doing more mature things, I guess. <laughs> nice. Uh, I really like that you know these things because I never <laughs> watch cooking shows. This is perfect. I love Food Network. That's probably why. <laughs> There's also, uh, who else? David Rocco. Do you know him? No, but it sounds really familiar. Rob Feeney. Yes, that's a local iron chef. He won a few years ago. He used to be uh, part of Lumiere, but now he is uh, the the food designer for uh, for Cactus, Cactus Club. Club. That's right. 
Wow, you're totally acing this test. <laughs> and then there's Annabelle Waugh. Okay, I'm not sure. She's uh, the food director at Canadian Living Magazine. Oh, and okay. Dale McKay. Sounds really familiar. Yeah, he's uh, the latest Top Chef Canada winner. Ah, that's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. And opened a restaurant in Vancouver and went to high school with a chef that we had on the show a couple weeks ago. Oh, who was that? Uh, that was my friend David Abe, who cool. just got a job at Hawksworth. Congratulations, Dave. Oh, yay. Yay. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about, and during the show, we're going to play a lot of local music, but then uh, we're going to talk about... Some non-local music as well, actually. You're right. Because <laughs> this is actually Asian Heritage Month. So, ironically, sorry, not ironically, somewhat accidentally, we've got <laughs> a whole show planned around different different Asian sounds and treats. So, we'll talk a bit about the night markets. Yes. Um, and we're going to have some Japanese music. There was a show just last night. Next music from Tokyo, and we're going to be playing a few songs from a few of the bands that played last night mm-hmm. at the Waldorf. And then I went to a faux place, so I can tell you a bit about that. I can also tell you about the actual pronunciation of that word. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is really good. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait till my pronunciation lesson. Uh, yeah, so I hope you look forward to the show. We're going to start with... An ad, and then we'll play a song, and we'll tell you what that song is afterwards. Twenty twelve Grammy Award winners Tedeschi Trucks Band brings their blues-inspired show to the Vancouver Center for Performing Arts for one night, June nineteenth. Tickets on sale at Ticketmaster.ca or by calling eight five five nine eight five five thousand. Don't miss Tedeschi Trucks Band on June nineteenth at the Vancouver Center for Performing Arts. For more information, go to TedeschiTrucks.com. Well, I came to the city. I was running from
So we just played some tracks for you. We started with Humans from their recent album Traps, and the song was called On Pangay. It was track four, so if you can't understand my pronunciation, you can find it on the disc. And then we played two tracks by Indian Wars. Uh, these are all local bands, and you can see them all play live. Uh, the title of the album was Walk Around the Park, and we played two tracks, Train Song and the self-titled song, uh, Walk Around the Park. Have you seen them play, Jessica? No, I haven't. Neither have I. And they're local? Yes, they are. I'll have to check them out sometime. Mm-hmm. Great. So uh, you were going to talk to us about Night Market. Yes, that's right. Uh, recently, I just went to the brand new Night Market in Richmond. Richmond now has two Night Markets, the, the old one and the new one, which is right beside the River Rock Casino. Uh, lots of really new things at this night market. I kind of just beelined to the food section, so we'll, we'll talk a lot about that. Nice. So is this about the same size, or is it bigger than the old one? Uh, I think it's, like, approximately the same size, approximately. The, the only downside is when you first uh, enter, you actually have to pay admission fee. Oh, how much? Uh, it's a dollar per person, but if you go with uh, ten people or you buy like a ten day pass or a ten time pass, then you get uh, an extra two, two, two goes. So if you go with like ten people, there's two people can go for free. That's a lot of people. <laughs> or else you can just buy one pass. But I don't know. Are you gonna go to the night market twelve times? Well. I guess if you go with somebody and share a pass, it could be okay. But, um, yeah, that's the only downside, I'd say, is uh, you have to pay to get in. But once you get in, there is a lot to look at. There's like, a lot of different kinds of food. Um, one interesting difference is that the food stands are really pretty this year. They have all these, like, I don't know, the the, the signage and everything. Everything looks really nice. It's It's definitely an improvement. But I haven't gone to the the old one to see if they've kind of revved up their signage. Maybe now that there's competition, <laughs> they'll have to beautify themselves. Yeah, it's a surprisingly pretty night market. Um, but there's a bevy of different kinds of food. Um, what did you eat? Well, uh, first I started off with some skewers. As you know, like night market is well known for all different kinds of skewers, whether it be meat or vegetable um there's like lamb skewers uh beef with like fancy things on them the one i had was uh oh it was at this uh, japanese food stand and they had uh they had uh, beef uh seared beef on a skewer with um oroshi which is a uh, uh, grated daikon radish with uh some green onions and a soy sauce citrus sauce so we had that, and then we also had a uh, um, it was a mochi with cheese on top, and this one was crazy good. I highly, highly recommend to get this mochi cheese because it's if if, if for you those of you who don't know what mochi is, it's basically rice cake, um, and when rice cake is heated at a really high temperature, it becomes really gooey, and it's it's almost like cheese consistency. So you have but then it doesn't taste like cheese. So we have this cheese on mochi, which is kind of like cheese. So you have this really kind of 
pizza cheese stretching of very deliciousness. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It's um, it, it was actually pretty cheap too. Uh, I think it's uh, for if you buy only one skewer, then it's about two fifty. But if you buy like three skewers, it's two dollars a piece. Okay. So and then how did you with progress with your uh, uh, your eating think, selections? Well, I, I'm a big fan of the curry fish balls. So mm. we had some of those. Um, they have like, a, you can get 12 pieces for $5, which is like a lot of fish balls. It's good to go with a few friends too. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of stuff you want to be sharing. And there's also like a bigger discount if you get more. So if you have some friends come over and just go to the night market to eat dinner. It's amazing. Um, Great fish balls. The last time I went to, the only time I went to the Richmond night market, the old one, uh, they were having a curry fish ball eating competition. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually didn't even know that such thing existed. It was pretty amazing how many they could eat. I bet I could eat a lot of those, maybe. Like how many? Uh, I think I could probably do 20. 20? Wow, they're actually not my favorite. But I'm glad that you really <laughs> like them. The one I had was, I, I would say the only, um, the only thing about the ones we had, I would say, is that the sauce wasn't sticky enough. Like, they, maybe they didn't, it's not, like, uh, thick enough, so it was kind of a liquidy sauce. So it didn't stick on the fish ball enough. But What is in a fish ball? I actually don't know. When you buy them at the market, it's like, just this white ball. <laughs> nice. But Brenda, can you tell us what's in it? Well, if you can hear me typing, you can hear me going on the internet and say saying that they are uh, made from surimi. Does I, that make sense? No. No. <laughs> they're also common in Scandinavia. Go figure. Uh, they're similar to meatballs with meat fish. There's two kinds in Hong Kong. Well, we're going to have to be a bit more specific about which country yeah, to find out what is actually in them. Well, I'm sure if, you're, if listeners out there are really curious, you can go and Google that. But, you know, I think every, every trip to the night market, getting curry fish balls is like one of the quintessential types of things the street eats to have. But other things we had was... Uh, Taiwanese oyster pancake or oyster omelet they call it but it's more like a pancake it's made with like a glutinous rice so you have if you've ever been to Phnom Penh and had their oyster pancake it's fairly similar but less fried and they do it um, they also do a shrimp version it's really really good it's it's a little bit on the pricier side at about seven dollars but if you go at when they're about to close they'll sell it to you for one get one and get the second one half off which is what I did uh, a friend of mine liked it so much she bought <laughs> uh, she bought an extra two plates which she regretted later because she could not finish it but uh, aside from that um, do you have any other things that you like to eat at the night market Brenda I haven't been so many times I think I think we had little squids Oh, yes. Oh, no. I don't know if we actually ordered them, but that was something that captured my imagination. Was the squid. These, like, oh, yeah. Little squid legs on, on skewers. There is uh, this one stand. 
I, I swear, they have the longest lineup, and they, they sell different kinds of flavored, uh, well, different kinds, well, squid with different sauces on them. Uh, huge lineup. I really wanted to get into that, but unfortunately did not have enough time. One, one good tactic is to go to a place, uh, start lining up, and have one of your friends go somewhere else to go buy food, and then come back to the lineup so you guys can eat while you wait. It's <laughs> so one, one good one good solution to that but um they also have a lot of rice burgers this year it's like the new trend uh what's that a rice burger a rice burger uh instead of having your typical bread to sandwich the patty it's you have two rice patties instead that's kind of seared on each side so they're kind of crispy and then you have your meat in the middle sounds good yeah uh i haven't tried it yet but it looks really nice there's i think three or so different places that offer that. I know last year, going to the old uh, Richmond Night Market, that one had only one stand, but this one has three different stands. They also have, um, for those of you who like, uh, do you, have you ever had those bubble uh, bubble crepes? The egg, egg waffles that they like to call it sometimes? Oh, I think so. There's this one stand there that does different flavored egg waffles. So you can get green tea flavor or strawberry flavor, chocolate flavor. Looks quite nice. So is that your dessert for the evening? <laughs> I didn't even eat any dessert, actually, to tell you the truth. My dessert was actually not actually dessert. Uh, I, I went to this place and they had, uh, uh, I believe, it's kind of like the Turkish compere, which is like a baked potato with stuffing like all different kinds of flavored uh, like cheese and toppings and stuff. But instead of a baked potato, it was uh, the Japanese koroke, which is a, a panko-breaded mashed potatoes in a ball. So they kind of cut that open, and then they put in uh, broccoli and ham and corn and some other toppings, in this, and they drizzle like this cheese sauce on top. It's quite decadent, but... Mm. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> this is the worst time uh, to do this show. Uh, I, luckily, I, I ate before I came, so... Smart. Super smart. Uh, and how about the other wares, the non-food stuff? Not that we should be talking about non-food stuff, but how does that compare? I think it's about it's about the same same things. I, I saw a lot more uh, psychic type of booths this year. <laughs> So if you want to get your fortune read or any kind of like supernatural thing, they have a lot of that this year. I think like two or three stands at least. Good to know. <laughs> I think my last night market experience involved buying some large fake eyelashes. Yes, they have uh, they have a lot of those and they actually have like they also sell the uh, um, the the circle contacts, which are the the ones that make. Uh, oh, your, your eyes, eyes different look, colors? Look, not different colors, but there's like, uh, it's like contacts, but they have a, a dark ring around the contact. So when you wear it, it makes your eye look, appear bigger. Mm. It's really popular in Asia. Are they supposed to be subtle? Like you're not supposed to notice and think it's natural or uh, is it just sort of ex- expanded? It's like, is it obvious? It's semi-obvious. I know there's some people out there still that are, don't actually know that people are wearing circle contacts. Just thought that, oh, this girl has really like large eyes and it's 
really nice. Or some people will be like, this is really abnormal and、mm-hmm. it looks really weird. So it's kind of like a half half、okay. thing. So if you need food or fake eyelashes or、um, circle lenses, there we go. <laughs> the night market is for you.、Uh, so there's three ni- night markets in the lower mainland. Yes, that's right.、Um, so you can go to all three. Depending on your location. That's true.、Uh, there's one in Chinatown, the original.、Um, and then there's two in Richmond, one near IKEA, and then the other one, of course, near River Rock, the new one. And the one in Chinatown is really handy because you can go eat and then go to a show. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Whereas Richmond's just a little further away. That's true. Mm hmm. But、uh, you can also take the SkyTrain to the. The one near River Rock as well. Oh, what a brilliant idea. <laughs> That's great. Something interesting, really quick, is that、uh, apparently Richmond Night Market is one of the, like, one of the best night markets in the world. So, really? We're very, very lucky. Lucky to live here.、Uh, so, let's play some music. Jordy sent us some selections, so in honor, in memory of Jordy, <laughs> we will play some songs.、Uh, the next two he picked out is a band, they're all from Vancouver, but this band is a new local band, which includes Jordan from Slam Dunk, so, but they're a bit folkier and softer than Slam Dunk. Slam Dunk、uh, originally was a, a Victoria band that I really enjoyed. And they were on the CITR pop compilation, so we will play a track called The End. Yeah. 
How much do you know about bikes? Everything? Perfect. Nothing at all? Even better. At the UBC Bike Kitchen, you can use our space and tools to do your own bike maintenance, get one-on-one -on -one instruction on how to fix your bike yourself, or drop your bike off for us to repair. You can also buy a fully refurbished, guaranteed used bicycle, or a variety of new and used parts and accessories. The Bike Kitchen is UBC's non-profit, student-owned, full-service bike shop. We're located in the basement of the Student Union Building. Just look for the stairwell on the north side of the sub across from Gage Towers, or search for the UBC Bike Kitchen on Facebook. Stop by the Bike Kitchen, and then get riding. Welcome back. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM on the FM dial and streamed on CITR.ca. And my name is Brenda. Jordy is at the optometrist. Let's all think about his eyes for one moment <laughs> and hope that they're happy. And I've got a guest in studio. Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica. Yeah, so lovely. Jessica has stepped in for Jordy. And right now we're going to do our weekly pairing where we take one show in one restaurant and give you a night of entertainment. So since I've picked the show, which is going to be Kurt Vile, where I will be on Friday at the Biltmore, Kurt Vile with openers, the Dum Dum Girls, and Young Prisms, who will play a bit later in the show. But uh, Jessica is going to pick the restaurant to accompany this lovely evening. So uh, my choice of restaurant tonight for tomorrow would be Toshi Sushi. Uh, Toshi, Toshi Sushi is located on 16th and Main, and it's a lineup uh, style restaurant, as in, like, this is kind of the Japanese version of super popular restaurant Steffos. They don't take reservations, and uh, it's a bit of a lineup, but really, the food is really well worth it. Come early, they open at 5.30, uh, and, and does the lineup start before 5.30? No, I no, don't think so. No, so you're okay showing up yes. around 5.30? I think so. Okay. Um, they have a lot of really nice things. Uh, one particular thing that kind of uh, sets them apart from other sushi restaurants is that they have a lot of imported fish. So you can get stuff that you wouldn't typically see uh, on your average sushi restaurant. Can you give an example? Um, I believe one time they have like uh, they had grunt. They also have uh, special types of horse mackerel um, called aji, and they have like a, a they have flounder one time as well. Uh, so a bunch of different kinds of stuff. But they also, aside from that, they also do uh, really nice. Nasu dengaku, which is kind of a, a baked baked eggplant with this really nice sweet miso sauce that's baked on top of the eggplant. So you have this kind of like sweet and savory flavor. Uh, they also have amazing tuna tataki for those of you who like tuna tataki. For those who don't know, it's uh, seared tuna on the outside and then so it's still raw on the inside. It's prepared very similarly to ahi tuna. And then you have it with a ponzu sauce. Yeah, with, like I mentioned earlier, a Japanese soy citrus sauce. I'm so hungry. <laughs> this is going to be great. 
So you were also telling me about their box sushi. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, they have this box sushi. And not a, not a lot of... Actually, this is an, also another thing that's different about them that not a lot of other restaurants do. But uh, it's a Batera-style uh, sushi, which means that they put it in this kind of wooden box. So they'll lay down the uh, the meat, uh, the fish first, and then they'll put the rice on top of that. And then they take the lid of the box and then they press down and then you get these this nice square rectangular prism or whatever. <laughs> this rectangular box sushi and then they slice it up. And I believe the Patera, uh, the box uh, sushi has uh, a slice of le- a lemon wedge slice on every sl- uh, every piece and as well as shrimp on it as well. So it's like a shrimp and a lemony shrimp style sushi. I've actually never had it because I'm allergic to shrimp, but it looks beautiful. I've never had lemon on sushi. Yeah, and it's 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 a uh, I've never had it either actually. So I guess it might be their house special. That's quite nice looking. I'm staring at a picture of it and it kind of looks like candy. <laughs> All shiny with different colors, all kind of marbled together. I think that's a piece of. I don't know if that's. I think that's, there's also scallop in there as well, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something to check out. They also have a really nice green tea quality. So once if you go to a place and they serve you a really nice green tea, you know you're going to have a good sushi experience. I always think. Okay. Small tips from Jessica Chow <laughs> on picking sushi restaurants. <laughs> Great. So tomorrow when you wake up and you say, I don't have any plans on Friday night. Now you've got your plan. You can go to Toshi. Oh, yes. And if just by chance, like if Toshi's lineup is like too long and it's going to take a while, just go to Sushiyama. That's also really good, too. It's not the same type of sushi, but if you go for if you just stick with the nigiri there, you'll you'll be in for a good time. (laughs) There we go. It's good to have a backup plan. Especially with a lineup restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the spirit of our weekly pairing, we're going to play a track from Kurt Files' album Smoke Ring for My Halo. And this is track three, Puppet to the Man.
後ろ向きで下りながらとっても必死に荒ぶる俺をわざとバカの振り繰り返し続ける今日のおかんの予感がさっきからする振り返ってみると美しいかそうでないか一目では判断がつかん女っぽいおそらく女が目つきの鋭さをアピールしていた何かが起こりそうな気がするそんな目線そんな視線俺の期待は何年か前の失敗を忘れかけむしろ忘れ去ろうとしていた The Zazen Boys. The song was Asobi. And Jessica went to the show they played last night. Yes. Actually, that song is not really telling of the craziness that went on at the Waldorf last night at like 1 a.m. But, you know, we're going to play you another song after.、Um, yeah, it was an incredible show.、Uh, there's four different bands. I've, and I've been to.、Uh, um, Next music from Tokyo,、uh, the, the one at the Biltmore last time, which was also a really great show. But this one was a little bit near and dear to my heart because、uh, the, the headliner band, Zazen Boys, that just played,、uh, is actually my boyfriend's favorite Japanese band. So I、uh, went there and basically they played, I don't know, I, I'm really bad at explaining what, kind of, what kinds of music is, but I guess you could say it's. Kind of like、uh, funk,、um, but I don't know. Minimal free funk? I don't know. <laughs> It, and、uh, they're just crazy. There's just a bunch of old guys standing on stage and just crazy rocking out. And they do the, these, I don't know, sporadic types of like, like、uh, playing on their guitars, but all simultaneously stopping. But it's just like, 
stop, go, stop, go. But then the timing is so good. And they're all so, um, the drummer is crazy, and then the guitarist is just nuts. And then they're just like, just a bunch of old guys, just like really doing their thing. And they're just absolutely amazing. Really, really good. Um, but that was that was the headliner. And I, there, there was other, uh, the other arcs that were really cool. The first, the first band was kind of like a, the first band was named um, Praha Depart, and they're kind of like a early Mars Volta, I'd say, um, except uh, it was a female singer. Um, and then after that was this kind of, I'm, I'm not too sure. Uh, Is that Sharon Poe Ranton? Yes, that's right. Were they um, little girls with the little yes. accordions <laughs> and things? Yes, there was like seven of them, and they're all wearing these kind of straw hats and scar these like floral scarves and they're all um there's like one playing um like the I can't remember what it's called it's like the really big bass there's one playing saxophone there's one playing trumpet there's an accordion player there's a drummer um there's a singer anyways this all these like small girls come on stage and then they play what I'd like to think is kind of a mixture of something you'd uh it's like a mixture of cabaret music slash uh f- slash um polka slash rumba slash a little bit circusy <laughs> um it was really got interesting alpine-ish inspired yes. photos on their website yes um I, my friend alex i think he's he said it best maybe it was like it was really surreal and kind of like it was like he was in a uh, David Lynch movie but then I, I thought maybe it was the red curtains because there's the red curtains downstairs but so this was at the Waldorf yes and yeah it was definitely a really interesting experience um, the third band was kind of a uh, they did like synth and um, Japanese rap and they were really good group Inu um, and we're going to play a track by them next. Yes. So why don't we play that track? Sure. And so you, you guys can just experience for yourselves. And- Sounds great.
May is Asian Heritage Month, so don't miss out on these cool events going on in your community. Ongoing for the month of May, check out the World Poetry International Festival. The festival will be taking place in multiple locations and promises to feature a multicultural and multilingual celebration of poetry, music, and dance with a focus on youth and a theme of peace. International poets will be welcomed by local poetic groups. This event is free to the public and for details, visit www.worldpoetry.ca. Also taking place all month long, it's the Generation One Art Exhibition. Works will be showcased at the International Arts Gallery at the International Village in Chinatown, UBC's Irving K. Barber Learning Center and the UBC River Market. This art exhibition is produced by artists and community partners to showcase Asian Canadian artists' creativity and vitality, featuring both established local artists as well as emerging artists who are first-generation Canadians. For more information on these or any other Asian Heritage Month events, go to exploreasian.org at e-x-p-l-o-r-a-s-i-a-n.org. So it's Asian Heritage Month. Yes, it is. Fantastic. So we've peppered our show with many Asian-related topics. That's right. So we just played uh, a bunch of tracks from a show that happened last night at the Waldorf featuring a whole pile of bands from Japan. Yes, and uh, the the earlier track, the first track that played was uh, Group Inu, and the second one was uh, by Zazen Boys. Uh, both of those a little bit more telling than the first uh, Zazen Boys song we played earlier of what happened last night. Of the magic that happened last yes. night. They did say they were coming back, so if you guys were interested. And you would recommend? Yeah, definitely to come back and check it out. So we played Heart by Group Inu and then Hamitsu Girls Top Secret by Zazen Boys. And just to provide a little context... Um, this was the next music from Tokyo 4. Yes. And it was organized by a man named Steve Tanaka, and he is a doctor. Really? From Yeah, from Toronto. And uh, the first time they came around, he approached us to sponsor the event, and of course we did. And uh, the story was that he had some... He had some time and he had some money and he wanted to bring some bands from Japan and tour them across Canada. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so he, he like curates his own tour. He's a doctor and he does this for fun. That's so amazing. And oh, it's wow. so cool that he's bringing, bringing these bands and creating this cultural exchange and uh, educating us about awesome bands from Japan. Yeah, the last show, um, the one at the Biltmore, uh, he brought sushi in for everybody. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was like, oh, free sushi. That's quite nice. <laughs> it was a good fits right into a food show. Uh, so the next tracks we're going to play are by two bands that have recently put out albums. Yes, that's right. Um, this weekend, uh, White Lung. Today, actually. Today there is, uh, at the Biltmore, White Lung is having their LP release party and then on Saturday uh, Needles Pins will be having their LP release party so lots of things uh, to do this weekend and tonight if you're free so we'll start with Needles and Pins and then move to White Lung and then we'll come back and talk about Mac and Cheese yes tasty
So that was Needles and Pins with the track I Heart Your Drugs Off a 7 Inch called 1234. We actually cheated and played it off the internet, but there is a 7 Inch in the library that we could have played. And then a track by White Lung called Take the Mirror off their newest album, Sorry, that is so new that it's not even at the station yet. (laughs) Yeah, you can uh, check it out tonight at the Buildmore. Yes. Yes. And purchase your own vinyl copy. Yes. And I think the Needles and Pins is at the Astoria, I believe. Just to make sure. I think that's what yeah, it is. We can double check while you're listening to our next set of music. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is mac and cheese. Yes, mac and cheese. I've been having... It's just like a constant mac and cheese craving. It just never ends. <laughs> Um, We'll talk about some of my favorites, but let's start with some of your favorites, Brenda. Sure. Um, Mac and cheese is a regular part of my life. After after volleyball, I play on a women's volleyball team, and after volleyball, we always come to my house and have mac and cheese and beer. I was never invited. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You can come. You can come. And then we, like, sit there and eat our Annie's. Mac and cheese, usually oh, white nice. cheddar, but we like to like it shake it up and then usually vary the beer selection as well. Do you ever uh, do the Annie's bunnies? No, I've never tried that. It's it's basically the same thing by the same uh, brand, except the noodles are little bunnies. <laughs> are they a little chewy in your teeth? Like I, I don't know, squish? but it's really cute. Nice. So instead of having mac and cheese, you can have bunnies and cheese. My roommate has a rabbit, so I'm not sure how well that would go over. <laughs> okay. So, Annie's, uh, I actually had a boyfriend in my first year of college who tried every variety of mac and cheese in oh, the wow. grocery store, even the kind that had high amounts of yellow seven, which is Ugh. the kind of chemical you shouldn't have. And, and his, his determination was PC white cheddar is the best. PC white cheddar. I'll have to check that out. Yes. So, um, back to you. Can you tell us about some of the restaurants that you've tried mac and cheese at? Since it seems to be a fad, mac and cheese coming oh, into the restaurant scene. It's te- definitely, oh, maybe maybe it is a fad, but I don't know. Nothing is more Canadian than mac and cheese, except for maybe back bacon and maple syrup. But still, mac and cheese is... Canada, I've heard, eats the most mac and cheese out of any country. Really? Surprisingly. Even more than the States. Believe wow. it or not. Okay. Well, anyway, my favorites. Uh, I have three favorites. That list is probably going to grow, but mm-hmm. um, right now, uh, I'll talk to you about my three favorites. The first one is um, Acme Cafe. Acme Cafe is located on. Uh, uh, it's right beside um, Save on Meats on near, Hastings. Yeah, Hastings and Corral, I believe, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it has um, uh, it's kind of a more of a sour kind of mac and cheese and sometimes it's mac and cheese it's really super creamy but if you have a little bit of a sour flavor to it some places use uh, buttermilk or or lemon juice but uh, here they use a lot of garlic so there's this tangy flavor from the garlic and it's such a nice nice thing to have an acid with something that's super creamy so you can get that and if you want for an extra dollar or two something you can put uh, bacon on top of that which is also really nice and it comes with a little salad 
Acme Cafe is also my favorite place for pie, but I guess we could talk about that next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another place that's really, really good uh, is is uh, Peck and Paw. It's also in Gastown. It's on um, it's on it's on Water Street, and um, they have a they have their mac and cheese. It's, it's super creamy. It's not tangy like Acme Cafes, but you can also get um, a little bit of a little bit of uh, pulled pork on top of that, and their pulled pork is really, really good. I mean, I've had I've had their mac and cheese by itself, but after and I was like, okay, yeah, their mac and cheese is really good, but not like, like it's nothing just that would blow me out of the water. But once you get the pulled pork on top of that, then it's just like, wow, this is this is really really good. And they have an amazing barbecue sauce too. So if you wanted to, so maybe halfway through your meal and you're like, oh, this is really good, but you know, it's really a lot of mac and cheese and I don't know it's like super creamy and rich so to eat something the same thing throughout the entire meal and it's sometimes hard to eat so you have this really nice barbecue sauce to kind of finish the rest of it um, the last place that I really I really liked was uh, Two Chefs on the Table it's located in Chinatown uh, on Gore and Alexander and this place has they do a lot of um they have their mac and cheese. Uh, I don't know. Two, if you've ever been to Two Chefs, they have like a, it's kind of a nice gourmet ish type of place, and they also run um, uh, Big Lou's Butcher Shop, which is like a block away, and they have amazing sandwiches. But um, Two Chefs has uh, their their mac and cheese with this amazing ham, and out of all the mac and cheeses, I, I would say probably they had the best. Um, just p- plain mac and cheese. If you're just gonna get plain mac and cheese, but the and why ha- was it the best? I would say it was the best. I mean, just for like a tra- not a traditional, but you know that just a classic, classic flavor of mac and cheese. It's it's there's more cheese. It's not super cream based, uh, and they're they're really good for that. It's not necessarily traditional, but traditional esque type of mac and cheese and then you should definitely get the ham on top like i said they run that butcher shop down the street and they have yeah and they have really really good meat and if once you have it you'll be like wow this is really good but i mean for those of you who like the tangy tanginess in your mac and cheese um i would definitely go to acme cafe and those of you really like just like meat on your mac and cheese then definitely go to peck and paw and those are my top three. It's pretty good. There's a bunch of other places that I'd really like to go to, though. Yeah, I've had some good mac and cheese um, at the Six Acres. Oh, yes, I've had that. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's really nice. They do a nice little breadcrumb crust on top they of They do. It's really crunchy. Um, I'm just looking at their menu, and it has Gruyere, Grana, Pandano, aged cheddar, and sweet onion. That's not going to fill you up, though. If no. you're gonna go to Six Acres and have that, because it's like a, the size of like a maybe a handful, it's like a small kind of a snack. Mm-hmm. The nice thing is if you've you know it's uh, like eleven or yeah, that's you know, true. and you're going to the pub and you're kind of hungry and you want something mm-hmm. that's a little heavier in your stomach. True. Before you go to sleep, yeah, it's kind of perfect. Yeah, you can go there, and if you are actually a lot hungrier, then Peck and Paws actually just right beside. There you Six go. Acres. You can double your portion <laughs> just by going next door. 
I have had mac and cheese at Burgoo, which is pretty tasty. I've heard really good things about Burgoo. It is it is very large. It's fairly creamy. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a version with peas and oh, peas. bacon. Okay. Which is good, but it, it is hard to eat a whole serving. You generally feel a little overstretched by okay. the end. And it is, um, there isn't a lot of tang or spice. It's very mm-hmm. sort of basic, creamy. creamy tasting. I don't know how I feel about peas in my my mac cheese. I'd be open to trying that, but I'm much not, not much of a pea person. It kind of adds color, which is a little nice. Okay. But uh, my pen just went flying across the room. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It kind of is reminiscent of like those weird casseroles that your mom might make and when you were young and just like dumped a bunch of frozen vegetables in. <laughs> I don't know if yours ever did that, but my my mom was pretty good at making us food, but every once in a while, that theme would happen. Do you um, have any uh, places that you'd like to try for like the next mac and cheese place that's on your eye right now? I don't know. I would like to pan a mac and cheese place. A what? Pan. Give a bad review. Oh, okay. Yeah, since we don't usually do that, but it, it could be kind of fun. But um, I did went, go to the rumpus room and had mac and cheese, and the noodles were really... They weren't cooked enough. Aww. And they kind of, like, sat really nastily in my stomach, Aww. this whole mac and cheese. So I recommend going up the street to Burgoo instead. There's a... I don't know if, if any of you out there like lobster. There's also lobster mac and cheese. Really? At a few other a few places. I I know that uh, Rogue has it, and I believe uh, Edible Canada in... Uh, Edible Canada in... <laughs> that was next door. Where? Uh, Edible Canada in uh, Granville Island. Okay. And um, I'm allergic to... <laughs> lobster crustaceans so I can't have that but it sounds really delicious and I wish I really wish I could have it I've heard really nice things about the lobster mac at Rogue but the one the one place that I'd like to try is uh, what's it called it's called um, Au Petit Chavignol which is uh, right beside Les Amis du Fromage mm. it's um, because I think they're related I really do and I always think that, you know, well, if they're right beside a cheese shop, they probably have the best mac and cheese in town. I have to try it and find out if that's true or not. Where is that located? Uh, it's really close to the Astoria. Um, okay. So it's like Hastings and Hawks, I believe. Hawks mm-hmm. Avenue. East Hastings. Um, but yeah, that's definitely on my to-go list. Great. So uh, we need to wrap this up. Okay. It went far faster than I imagined. Thank you so much for Jessica for playing uh, playing Jordi Yao <laughs> for the evening. Jordi, uh, the mac and cheese segment was originally an idea by Jessica and Jordi. So, um, ha to you, Jordi. Uh, you can uh, you can debate our mac and cheese segment when uh, I'm on vacation and come and do part two if you like. We're going to play a 